Welcome back to the Mysteria Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Marcus De Silva. Perfect. Matthew Sloan. Nice to meet you. Yes. Nice to meet you all. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's good stuff to have you here, man. Yeah, so we um, we befriended each other, and we're just gonna kind of hop right in. So we're just okay, we're here. We're having a good time. We've time been here for like an hour. Dive. This is good stuff. So we're just gonna jump right into yeah. uh, to the episode. So mm-hmm. we met each other. Yes. When was it? Was it February? That would have been February. February. So we met each other at Jordan Peterson's lecture. Yeah, correct. At, at the Queen Elizabeth Theater, mm-hmm. uh, which is very funny. And I'm very happy that we met because what's interesting, whenever I go out literally anywhere, I just keep to myself. Like I don't really talk to anyone. Like I'm friendly, like I don't, yeah. but like I yeah. will not go out of my way right. to engage anybody. I just like, I do my shit and then I just keep just it moving. Do your thing and go. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. and then it kind of lends itself to this. So I was having a conversation with a friend about, um, and maybe it's just a me thing, but I'm sure a listener or even you might, might feel this, but like, do you ever have those moments where you have absolutely no idea how other people are perceiving you? Yes. Like just no clue. You're like, yeah. I don't know, these people think mm-hmm. I'm cool, they think I suck, I don't know what's going on, but like, right. whatever. Yes. So I, <laughs> That's exactly how I... <laughs> so I saw you. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, this guy's pretty cool. I and mean, I was done up, man. You gave... I was done up. Yeah, you gave Jordan a piece of paper, and yeah. I was in line at the back. I That's thought, right. oh geez, what is this guy doing? And so then I saw you come to the front, and I was like, oh, he's got a nice cowboy, like a hat. Yeah, the hat, yeah, yeah. And then the suit. Oh, you were well done. I, lo- so I, I thought, looked good. Geez, I looked good. I thought, this guy's no joke. So, so I was like, what did he give Jordan? I'm yeah. curious now. And he's dressed really nice, so I came up to you, and I was like, oh, like, nice suit. The where- fuck you doing? Yeah. <laughs> where are you from? <laughs> nice suit. Where are you from? <laughs> and that was, that was pretty cool, because I thought, oh, geez, like, I don't know. I don't know how to approach him, but he's, he looks really well done. So it was perfect. Just goes to show you got to dress well. You dress yeah. as well as you can all hilarious. the time. I got no problem with that. Yeah. But yeah. And it was funny and it was good. And then we just got to chatting. And yes. then um, right. I think I just dropped mm-hmm. you my, my business card. I'm yes. like, yeah, just like send me a message. As you give me your card, yeah. Fire truck goes by. It's likely getting picked up. But Welcome to Vancouver, folks. Yeah, East Van. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then it was yeah. great. And then, you know, we met up for coffee a couple times and yeah. just kind of got chatting. I'm like, dude, right. like you got to do this podcast. Be fun to, yeah, to chat. And so, you know, here we are. It was really nice. Like, yeah, that was a really good talk. And. That a was a really nice event. Yeah. It was really fun to see you there too. And I, it was hilarious because I noticed you in the corner because you were like right in center. Right at the front. Me. Yeah. Yeah. So I was looking at Jordan at the front there and every time he'd walk over to the further side of the stage, I saw you. So I was like, wow, okay, this guy's, yeah, I'll try to make friends with him. And it worked. And it worked out. And I'm Here glad you did. And, and it's funny because it just goes to show. Because I've even yeah. been thinking about that too. Because like, mm-hmm. I'm very good at networking more so mm-hmm. now than yeah. I was even a few years ago. Right. But I, I don't do much networking. Mm-hmm. Like, like I said, I will not approach someone that I don't know in person. Right. I'll drop you a DM or an email yeah. or something. I'm pretty good at those. <laughs> but, you know, and it just goes nice. to show. I'm like, fuck. Like, man, like... Th- I'm really happy that, yeah. you know, you're like, hey, what's going on? You know, because just goes I to just, show, you know, you miss out on on mm-hmm. 
different people and mm -hmm. you know so it's a good thing that uh, yeah. so i'm very happy and then we get to do this and, and it's I'm, great this is know? great this is great so, and i yeah one thing i would say about that is it's important to follow your gut right yeah like if your gut is telling you to do something just do it and that's what i do a lot of the time i guess mm -hmm. is when i see somebody or something that interests me and i just i approach it because i'm like okay i have a feeling inside of me that is telling me this is okay and so yeah that was the situation with you marcus and it worked out and then yeah i held on to your card and sent you a message and, and I, I was very proud of those really business good. cards too because they're very they're fancy. nice man they're very nice i, I have a lot <laughs> of no pride joke. in those business cards i'm telling you man you're well put together <laughs> Hey, you gotta act the part, man. It's all a show. I'm a train wreck behind closed doors, man. I'm a train wreck. <laughs> well, it's good to have that. You That's know? right. That's right. And so, and kind of the thing that we bonded over pretty quickly mm -hmm. was um, we have a, a love of music. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have multiple guitars and kind of play. Mm -hmm. And you have multiple yeah. guitars, and you can really play. <laughs> so I think that's <laughs> the you. that's the difference uh, when it yeah. comes to the skill level there. But yeah. you know, and so we got to to talking, and we we share a lot of the same musical interests, and mm -hmm. um, you've been sure. talking about you know classical and flamenco, and then mm -hmm. that I really yeah. got excited over that because yeah. it's like whew, True. you know the flamenco stuff's very Huge. interesting. So maybe uh, why don't we do a little bit of a, a biographical timeline okay we'll kind of run through it wow. and then we'll just let the we'll let the tangents fly after that so Sounds good tell us your mm -hmm. kind of musical origins where okay. where did this love of music and guitar come from yeah so i started off when i was 12 i had a little keyboard piano uh on a laptop like a toy piano okay laptop that my mother had bought for me and I was playing on it, and I had an ear for music, but I didn't know that. Um, and how old are you? Maybe 10. Okay. 10 to 12. And I had heard Ode to Joy by Beethoven, and I worked it out on this tiny little laptop. And so I saw it would show the keys of a piano and where the notes are. Right. So from that, I went to a real piano, because we used to volunteer at a nursing home, and I played Ode to Joy on a real piano for the first time. And I was fascinated. And my parents were like, how did you learn this? <laughs> and my dad was a bit shocked. So he said, well, we should get him into lessons. And so from then on, I think I found my path, right? Because before that, I didn't, I didn't really know. I wasn't into sports. I didn't really, I wasn't into video games. I wasn't really into reading. I was just kind of figuring it out, I guess. But music was always interesting to me, and classical music was neat. And so my parents told me to get lessons. So I took lessons with uh, this wonderful lady named Laurel and I, at my school in the lunch breaks, which was wonderful. <laughs> yeah, and so I'd meet with her once a week, and from that I gained this skill of music. And then after, when I was 15, I think, I was looking up on YouTube, uh, covers of He's a Pirate from Pirates of the Caribbean. Great and, tune. Great oh, tune. It's so good. <laughs> I love it. And I was listening to piano covers, and there was one guy that did it really well. And then all of a sudden, I find this kid playing the guitar. And on the guitar, he's playing He's a Pirate. And I was like, what? Like, what is that? 
why, why can a guitar make this sound? <laughs> and I, I don't know, I just like was so amazed at this kid and what he was doing. And we were about the same age, I guess, right? So maybe I was 14 and he would have been 15 or something. And that's my introduction to the guitar, really. Uh, I started to get fascinated, like, what, what guitar is he playing? Who is this guy? Where is he from? How, what's his upbringing? And it turned out to be uh, Sung, Sung Ha-jung, which is a big guitar player in Korea. So I found out, okay, where is Korea? What is it? What is this language he's speaking also? And who is he, right? Like, why, why does he... Why is he fascinated by this right. instrument? And so then I, I got addicted after. I was like so addicted to music and guitar. That kind of was my intro. And so from then on, I maybe 15, I picked up the guitar. Uh, yeah, I learned Nostalgia. It's a song by Song Ha Jung, which is the first song I ever learned. And that was my introduction to finger picking. And so from finger picking, I learned those skills I started listening to more guitar and yeah, before then, like around that time, I was, I just wanted to be a musician because I was so obsessed. So I went and started messaging people from Korea um, that were guitarist friends of this man. So I was, yeah, trying to work out going to Korea. What am I going to do? How can I become a musician full time? Like, is this possible, right? And so from then, I expanded into this world of fingerstyle guitar. That's what it's called. Instrumental guitar that does, that's a cover. It's a cover of different songs or music that you write on guitar, acoustic or, yeah. So for me, it's acoustic right now. And then, yeah, then I went to Korea, played. Um, I got so obsessed with fingerstyle and met all these people who were friends of Songha. And so that was really fun and got to meet them. And then after that, uh, kept writing. I started writing music. So I was playing a lot of the songs that I had written. Um, and yeah, from then on, I kind of just kept going. I grew up around flamenco music because my, there's a gentleman by the name of Matt Selleck. He's a very good guitar player from Thunder Bay where I'm born in Ontario. And he used to play at a Starbucks every Friday. <laughs> and so I'd go with my brother and we'd just listen to him. And at this Starbucks with our mutual friend, John Reed, and who's a great musician. And they would play like amazing flamenco music all like f for the whole night. And at Starbucks. At Starbucks. <laughs> at Starbucks. A corner, cornerstone of American culture. Yeah. <laughs> We're <laughs> listening to southern Spanish music. <laughs> so that was that was really cool, man. And I think it would, like really shook my world because I didn't really understand guitar much. And I'd go there on Friday nights, Friday nights with my brother, get a Jones soda and listen to him. And <laughs> I think it was just so formative. Um, and I always wondered what that music was. Mm -hmm. It really hit me in a way that no other music did. And I didn't really understand it. And then when I graduated, so my brother, Michael, his good friend, Aaron, uh, plays flamenco guitar and would come to our house and play. And he would play also in our high school uh, corridors in the hallway. And I was oh, just 
fascinated like what is this and i had the acoustic guitar so i was like i'll keep playing my acoustic because all these guys are playing flamenco so i'll just continue but then i think it's like some people call it it's like a sickness yeah once it touch once you touch it you can't get away from it 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 just it comes into you and you're just like full on like it's your life and so that's the way it was for me it just progressively became more i became more obsessed with it and so then that's when yeah that's when i went to spain to see what it is that is making me who i am and so yeah it's kind of cool very interesting you say that about flamenco music so mm -hmm. my upbringing was a lot of mm -hmm. i mean i was listening to kiss at like two and like just like rocking out man it's cool i used to also like i love like all those bands like all those yeah. old school bands and um mm -hmm. i have like home videos of me like singing to uh freddie mercury like queen live at wembley oh 86 goodness. right like legendary oh. the yellow jacket right yes. that's the yellow jacket yes. concert right yeah, yeah. yes and um mm -hmm. you know so like, i really enjoyed all that music and and mm -hmm. you know distortion and amplifiers yeah. and things like that right mm -hmm. And then I don't recall exactly what it was, but it must have been about 15 is when I heard uh, the album Flamenco A Go Go by Steve Stevens, yeah. who's the guitar player for Billy Idol. Right. And that was the first time I'd ever heard Flamenco. And I was like, what the hell is this? Because it yeah. was... Right. Because you're thinking Billy Idol music sounds very <laughs> different from Flamenco, right? You're right. But even then, you think about... Um, Rebel Yell, yeah, and that's a finger pick. The intro that that intro is a double bass thumb picking, yeah, and then he's picking with his fingers yeah. on that intro riff, right? That's and so true. you you actually see a bit of that mm -hmm. classical influence, but I never, you know, you don't. Yeah, you don't think you know, about it. I hadn't even I picked up a guitar at that point in time um, yet, so you you're just kind of trying to figure it out. But I right. completely understand what you mean about flamenco. Like it, it's just. Um, mm -hmm. It, it's hypnotic in a way like it, it really seems to have its own kind of mm -hmm. energy about it like yes. I just chills talking about it. like it's yes. like for real like it's just like because <laughs> it's so moving you know yeah and I so think there's then, a there's a grit yeah there's a grit yeah and it it captures you in a way that no other music does I think mm -hmm. I mean you could say that southern blues maybe yeah blues does or old jazz mm-hmm that too that's like because it comes from pain right right some suffering i think yeah and well especially the blues i mean that came from yeah slaves singing yeah. songs yeah like that <laughs> like that's right you know you talk about pain that's crazy it's tough music yeah but that's what makes it so beautiful right that's because right that's where art comes into play i think mm -hmm. some of the most beautiful art comes from the deepest suffering of course and so that's why flamenco is so interesting to me and then at the mm -hmm. time, so you're like 18, yeah. 19, you're still in Thunder Bay? Yeah, I lived okay. there until I moved here in right. 2020. And yeah. what was this idea about going, like, we'll talk about this, this little Spanish mm -hmm. trip that you took. Yeah. It's pretty wild, man. <laughs> but like, what, <laughs> how, how did that even mm -hmm. come into your head? Like, oh yeah, I should go, like, tell, give us the backstory on that. Well, okay, so. <laughs> Take what? your time. We're here for a while. <laughs> we're, we're at Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. So we're in the Starbucks. And, uh... and every time I'm sitting there, my friend John says, oh, Matt, he's going to Granada this summer to study in Andalusia. What? I thought, where's that? Mm -hmm. What the heck? 
what this music comes from there wow okay so i had this idea like all this stuff and i would look at google google images of the alhambra the big castle in granada and i was always always thinking about these things and so i think i just had this fascination but then i put it away for a while and i grew up and you know <laughs> bummer <laughs> yeah bummer <laughs> And I think this sort of imagination and creative side of me just stays, you know. And so when I was, okay, so now we're at 2018. My friend gives me a CD of the Gypsy Kings. Yeah, okay. that'll do it. Oh. <laughs> and I hear, I hear them singing on, and the guitars and the vibe. I don't know what it is. I'm like, what the hell is this? It's so amazing. So it's soulful, like there's something here. And so I start learning about them and I'm like, I wonder where this music comes from. Like flamenco, where does it come from? So I started learning about Romani people, which is like um, a very, I guess they're very connected to this music, right? It kind of, it comes from them. And, and it's a beautiful art that has come from their suffering, right? And so I was curious about it, so I listened to the Gypsy Kings, went from the Gypsy Kings onto YouTube, found these videos of them singing, and then from that I found more music, like Diego El Cigala, who's a singer and from Spain, and uh, his like guitarist, Diego del Morao, and some other people who were playing. And so I started to rediscover this music flamenco. And I found uh, the documentary that I shared with you, um, Flamenco, A Journey, by Tauru Spoli, from this uh, Italian-American producer. And so I listened to it. I was fascinated completely. I realized that it, it comes from like this, like little, like this little part of the world. Like it's so small, like it's so small, but so precious, but it's made its way around so many parts of the map, you know, and I don't know, I just got so obsessed. And that documentary was really formative. Like it changed me because I once thought of flamenco as this thing that was kind of out there. Mm -hmm. But then this documentary, it brought me right to that moment where I realized, okay, no, it's like a very small, it's like familial almost. And it comes from a place that's very, I don't know, dynamic, like it's, a conversation and so I, I really love that and yeah so I rediscovered this music and it's it's cool <laughs> well and yeah. it's interesting too the fact mm -hmm. that flamenco comes from mm -hmm. Spain yeah like I, I even mm -hmm. like let me show my ignorance a little bit because like I kind of assumed it was more of a southern American yeah uh, like originated from there because like you said okay. it's got a bit of a grit to it that mm -hmm. I wouldn't normally associate because yeah. to me Europe and and I'm half Portuguese right, right. so it's the neighbor you know Spain Portugal's beautiful they're a little bit more um, refined and and I don't want to say soft but yeah. it, it like smooth like it's just mm -hmm. 
and to me, like that type of music, I can kind of see that coming from Southern America, which is a little bit grittier, a little bit tougher. Mm -hmm. But it actually makes sense when you see, because you shared that documentary with me, and then I'm like, oh, okay, this actually kind of does make sense. Because mm -hmm. even from the area in Spain, it's gritty. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. it's yeah. not like this really high society, um, mm -hmm. you know, like kind of stereotypical what you would think of, mm -hmm. of Spanish culture. It's, right. it's almost like a subset, um, yeah. but not separate. Right. You know, yeah. which is, which is yeah. really interesting. Right. And so you're, you're watching this documentary, you're getting the, you're getting the sickness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so um, what, what makes you mm -hmm. decide to yeah. go? Like, how do, how does that come about? <laughs> Maybe it's, I you think couldn't shake the sickness. You just had to, you had to treat it. You're like, I gotta go. Yeah, I'm like, I just have to, I just have to be there. I, <laughs> yeah. I was listening to these people talking, and I was like, I just, I have to be there. I don't know what it is, but I gotta go. And I don't know how long it's gonna take me, where I have to go first, how how hard it's gonna be to get there, but I'm gonna do it. And that was my and goal. And you can't speak Spanish. No. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Before I couldn't, I couldn't speak Spanish. Yep. I couldn't, I couldn't uh, do much really. <laughs> and what was your in, in your proficiency that, at at that point in time? Well, with the guitar, pretty good. Good. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, um, I didn't never played flamenco guitar. Right. But I play acoustic. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm thinking, okay, how am I gonna change to this new style? They're both very different. Yeah. Technically, right? The chords, the voicings, like it's very different, and the technique, and yeah, so. But um, yeah, I guess I was sitting in my in my mother's basement of all places, uh, watching this documentary, working on my thesis in undergrad. And I thought, okay, something about my life here. Like, <laughs> I just have to do this. This is calling me. That and it's the voice, the voices of these people, how they sing, the expression. And it's not done in a colorful, like it's not done in a colorful way. It's done in such a way that's so authentic. And I thought to myself, I have to experience this. And so that was maybe in 2020. So it was at the during the pandemic. I, that's when I really said, okay, I'm gonna do this. And in that documentary, there's a few people that are centered, right? And so at Perla, which is one of the young guys, he, I found him on Instagram. Okay, nice. <laughs> And I sent him a message and said, hey, my name is Matthew. I translated it in Google Translate. Hi, I'm Matthew. I'm from Canada. I just found you on a documentary. I think you're really cool, and I'd like to meet you if I ever go to Spain. I'm thinking about it. So, And so I just started telling everybody, like, not in my physical life, but online. Just like, okay, I'm going to Spain. Here's what I'm going to do. Here's how I'm going to do it. And everything just kind of aligned. I moved to Vancouver to work, and then I, I, th I kept thinking about it, and yeah, then it happened. So it was very, it was a transition, right? But it took a really a couple years for me to really, okay, right. put it all together. Cause well, and there's also a pandemic, so you yeah. know, like there's oh, yeah, a whole right. bunch of stuff going yeah, on that's where going like on. You, you couldn't just get up and go anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what was your mm -hmm. success rate in? Like hearing back from the people you were messaging, like what was, was that like? That to me is insane. Like it was very, 
Everyone was responsive. It's amazing, isn't it? That's crazy. It's amazing. No, it's honestly Did that blow your insane. mind or what? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, God, that stuff just gets me, uh, gets me going. Because I think I'm like, I'm just some kid messaging uh, this huge person. Like, this guy's such a star, like, in, in my view anyway. But I'm not, so it takes... First of all, you have to be confident, right? You have to go beyond your nervousness and be like, okay, I'm gonna send a message and I don't even know the language, so that's scary. What if I say something wrong and offend him? And maybe he doesn't know, like, you know, like Google Translate isn't always the best person to ask. Google Translate <laughs> doesn't translate A very well into Spanish. No. <laughs> so. <laughs> There you go. And so then I send this message out. Okay, well, what the heck, you know? And uh, yeah, I hope for the best. And he answered and that was really sweet of him. And he was very nice. And we started to talk more regularly and I told him that I was hoping to go and that, that's kind of what pushed me. There were other things that happened, I think, around that. Like I, so I don't understand Spanish at that time, like fully. But I was starting to get an idea of the vocabulary through the music because I would read the poetry, even though I couldn't really understand. I would just read the lyrics and everything to try and get an idea of what, you know, why is he, why does he, how do the syllables work with the music, you know? And why do the notes hit, like, why does he hit this note when he says this word? And why does that make me feel very sad or happy or laugh or, you know? So they say that, like, in the same line, one person could go from crying to laughing. That's flamenco is very, very interesting music. And so, yeah, I, it was amazing. It was amazing. And, and to be able to learn and to see, so all those things, like, so I had a few dreams that were very transformational for me. I would... So I'd have these dreams of like Paco de Lucia or something coming and talk to me, or Camarón de la Isla, which is a very famous singer, um, coming and speaking to me in my dreams. And they're both passed away, but to me they were, they're very transformational. Like they're, to me, some of the greatest. And so, yeah, I just gained this connection that was very physical and spiritual in some sense, like with this, music so when i decided that i was going to go it was pretty sure yeah yeah you're kind of relating to that mm -hmm. uh two separate interviews that i heard exactly what you're describing so kiss was on the howard stern show a couple months ago a few months ago something like that yeah and um phenomenal documentary mm -hmm. uh called music man so okay. joe bonamassa's yeah. documentary yeah um, amazing and mm -hmm. in both of those uh media sessions uh, Paul Stanley says it in the kiss one and then Joe and his manager Kevin both say it in their own way separately yeah and essentially what they they say is that it's amazing that you know we tour all over the world dozens of countries mm -hmm. don't speak English right like the majority of the countries we go to don't speak the language but they all cheer at the same parts of solos and choruses and verses mm -hmm. 
Like there's something that's universal. And he's like, and yeah. it never ceases to amaze us that, you know, and especially that, like even just thinking about that, it's like you can't speak the language, no. but everybody claps and cheers and applauds at the same moments of right. songs, right. no matter where you are in the world. Like, right? Like, what does that tell you? You know, like, there's something to this music thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Right? I think it's a language of the soul. That's what it is. Music. I think it's a language of the soul. It goes beyond language, um, our verbal language. Uh, even though, obviously, some of it is singed, sung, sorry. Like, okay, if you have somebody listen to Ella Fitzgerald and they don't know English, and they listen to her, they might cry. They might react in some way that they haven't, you know, mm -hmm. the same you might, or they might smile at the same moment. And I don't know what that is, but I think that it's the soul of it. And it's people feel something, and, and they know them, maybe they know or have some understanding of what music is, because they've, everyone has heard music some point in their life, mm -hmm. you know, or felt it anyway. Um, so I think that's, that's what it is, but yeah, it's very interesting. Mm -hmm. So cool. <laughs> and so you, you find yourself in Spain. Yeah. You, you make it. Yep. You're there. The last summer I went there. What happens? Yeah. So I landed, uh, I landed in Lisbon, Portugal and my friend, well, I met a friend. His name is Can Wang. He's a very good guitar player. They call him El Gitano de Peking. Because he, uh, he's basically accepted as one of uh, the flamenco greats, I guess. And I don't know how to explain it, but yeah. And so I made friends with him when, just before I left, and he said, okay, I'll help you with finding, like, to have an apartment and living and all that stuff. So, so cool. So nice. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, he's so, oh, he's so amazing guy. And he's so, I love him. So anyway, so he says... Yeah, so I land in Lisbon. I go to Sevilla, which is where, like, that's the one of the epicenters of flamenco. It's the capital of Andalusia, which is in the south of Spain. And so I make my way from Lisbon to Sevilla. I get to the apartment. I Then I, it's time to learn. I eat, drink, live flamenco, basically. My every day for whatever two months a lot of people do it for longer mm -hmm. but two months was all i could do so i did it and um it was wow i've never been so emotional uh, roller coaster like on an emotional roller coaster because it was like so many things were going on i mean just being in this place that i had waited to be in and been thinking about it was one of the only things that kept me going throughout the pandemic I mean other than school maybe in family but even then like this thing this idea was great it was almost like beyond all that you know and it was it gave me potential like an opportunity to grow and be out and so that was huge and then living in this sort of area of the city where I, I, flamenco was accessible at all hours of the night and day, mostly night, but yeah, <laughs> as it should be, as it should, as be. it should be. And I remember taking a nap the first week I was there, like the first two days, I think. 
and I'm standing outside, like, near the... So I'm laying on the couch, and I could hear outside in the street somebody singing, and kids are clapping and dancing. And so I go out, and I'm looking outside, and I see all these people, like, just having a good time. And I thought, geez, it's so alive. And then I just, like, I started to go different places and to see what it's like, you know? And I made this guy, a friend of mine on Instagram. He came to my place and started to teach me how to play guitar a bit. And I mean, I didn't gain any proficiency in playing flamenco guitar, but I learned what, it, what flamenco is in some sense. And I think that to me was invaluable, you know? And to be sitting with a guy who's seen and played with all the people that I could ever imagine like Paco de Lucia and he, Paco Valdepeña and all these people that are my heroes. And so that was amazing. And yeah, I don't know. I went to these little villages that were like uh, very important for like that, for flamenco that had like Utrera. There's uh, a lot of, there's some good singers that came from there. and. Jerez de la Frontera, which is also near Sevilla. There was some events happening there, people that I was friends with, and Angel, he's a very good, he's a clapper, he's a clapper. So he, he keeps time while the guitar player and the singer are playing. And, and I went and just discovered all these little places. There's a thing called a peña. A peña is like a, it's a space, you know, where flamenco happens. You could go and you, have a drink and you listen to flamenco live. And it's, uh, it's like keeping the culture of flamenco alive, I guess. Um, and so I went to a lot of that, like five times a week, just listening to concerts, talking to people and learning Spanish, trying to do that. And then at the end I learned. And so I left with something, you know, like a, a, new, a newfound, like a more physical finding of the culture, which is very interesting. Yeah. It's kind of, a, just kind of hearing that sort of making me laugh because I was thinking about this one thing, like, yeah, culturally, mm -hmm. I mean, night and day difference between, I mean, and, and so you yeah. go from yeah. Ontario to Vancouver. Yeah. And so you're That's kind big. of, you know, it's a pretty big difference mm -hmm. in culture, you know, it was, you know, Canada, what's right. Canada, right. right? You know, from those two different places. Mm -hmm. And I was even thinking like, so we're, we're going to be having like a summer party at, at our house yeah. and I want my, uh, sounds like my guitar teacher's band is going to play, like That's set amazing. up in the backyard and you know, it was like 50 <laughs> people there or whatever. Yeah. Right. And have them play. Yeah. And I was kind of joking around, mm -hmm. uh, you know, with, with a few people going like, yeah, like hopefully no one calls the cops on us for having music, right? Right. No, but think that's, about that, that's right? That's no joke. That's not a joke. Like, that's why it's so funny because yeah, it's like, and right. then meanwhile, you go to Spain, they're singing and oh, dancing like, and in the streets. Yeah, 3 a.m. Like, this is where it's at. Yeah. This is, yeah. you know, meanwhile, oh, if you were to do oh. that here, cops would be there in two seconds. Oh, you get. Yeah. Cease and desist. Beat it. You guys are too loud. <laughs> you have your hands behind like, your back what? in no time. You know, like, come on, yeah. man. So it's uh -huh. so funny, you know, when you think about... You can't even have a barbecue and talk loud here. Yeah. <laughs> People are going to call the cops, man. <laughs> Shut the hell up. But, I mean, isn't it just amazing when you think about 
like just the culture difference, yeah. you know, and I, mm-hmm. I really feel like there's, um, that's kind of my motivation for wanting to get out of Vancouver too mm-hmm. and, and, and yeah, head I out, think, I think you know, switch a... continents again, because it's, there's a, um, mm-hmm. a real lack of, and the U S you know, I, I mean, there's so much diversity right. within the U S but it's still very similar in the sense of, mm-hmm. you know, right. It's still, there's still that regulation very boxed in and there's not a lot of um Regulatory. it's like vigor you know like mm-hmm. this this lust for life right yeah like we don't right. have a lot of that in no north not america. so much well not north america but canada and the u.s mexico's got its mexico own thing going on pretty alive you know I but think. but certainly between canada and the u.s like we we really mm-hmm. lack that type of yeah. um, enjoyment for life and and when it comes to music mm-hmm. You know, right. we really don't, we really don't appreciate the arts very much. No. Comparatively, I would say to, would to Europe. And then, you know, especially when you go to mm-hmm. a place like Spain where you were and it's like, you know, it's, a, it's alive and, and, ch- and, and just the fact that children are enjoying this too, like that makes me so happy. You know. Right. You know that I'm like, oh, that's just, that's phenomenal. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Like. There was one moment I was in this village, okay, in uh, Jerez de la Frontera, and I was walking. So I was only there two days because my friend Angel told me he was playing at a concert that evening. So I said, okay, I'll go for a day and see them. And I was walking in that village, and there's this kid. You know, a bullfighting, right? Yeah. Um, he's probably t- three, probably three. And he's got a magazine in his hand, and he's pretending to be the the, oh, the matador. Yeah. So he's pretending to pierce the bull. So he's falling, and his grandfather is with him, and I get goosebumps because his grandfather's pretending to be the bull, and he's running to the the magazine, and the kid is going ole ole <laughs> like this ole, and he's tiny, three years old, eh? And I'm thinking to myself, wow, it must be nice growing up in a in a strong culture you know like that's nice i mean obviously there's ethical things that behind the whole bullfighting thing that we could talk about sure but um i think there's something beautiful and attractive when you grow up in a culture that's strong and that is alive and that you could live in and even if you you know you know, don't necessarily have it. You, you're there, and you're you could experience it. It's there for you, right? And I think that's beautiful. And one other thing I was thinking that you mentioned. It's a, it's also very motivating to leave Vancouver. I think it is in some degree, but I don't know if that's the answer. I don't know. Because we could bring that here, in some degree. Mm-hmm. obviously it's hard to do that but we could and I don't know how we could do that but there's a possibility of it happening where art can be brought back um, yeah maybe the art industry I've been to a lot of art exhibitions here uh, they're quite pathetic <laughs> so I, th- I think there's like yeah comparatively right right comparatively they're beautiful in their own way, mm-hmm. but it's a diff- it's 
different. I shouldn't have said pathetic. That's wrong. But... Oh, be critical. It's all good. <laughs> Dude, I talk shit all the time. It's all good. <laughs> okay. Should... Sure. It's just an opinion. It's horrible. It's all good. <laughs> it sucks. It's brutal. It's all good. <laughs> I know what you mean. But I think, yeah, comparatively, it's very different. And I don't, I think there's much room to grow mm-hmm. because, uh, yeah, maybe it's like we don't have much. You know, we have to find our own inspiration on our own. Yeah. And that's hard. That's right. It's not collaborative or mm-hmm. a collective, you know, like those are terms that are overused, but I think that's true here. Oh, but accurate. And and, and mm-hmm. that has a lot to do with the American influence too. Cause, yeah. And, you know, I, I mean, even when it comes, we'll go in a little bit of a tangent here, but even like okay. philosophically, yeah. I much prefer Western philosophy over Eastern. Right. Because I think, okay. and it's just personal opinion, but I think mm-hmm. Western philosophy yeah. has a lot more grit, and I like mm-hmm. the fact that it's you know individual over the collective, like compa- like, yeah. you know. The, but the purpose of being a strong individual mm-hmm. is to return to the collective to yes. share what you learned. Right. Right. I mean, that's like that. That's the hero's journey. The hero, after all the adventures, returns home a different person mm-hmm. to share what he or she had learned during those trials. That's the point. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, Eastern is a lot more kind of don't, you know, kind of more fall in line with the group. Don't, don't rock the boat. And this is a very gross oversimplification. Uh Like, so I I understand how ignorant I sound right now, but you know, just for the sake of this conversation, that's right. (laughs) You know, but, and so I, I kind of favor that, but then when it comes to certain things, Mm -hmm. even the difference, you know, between Canada and the U.S. and then going over to, to Europe. Right. Um, and, and, you know, and I was in England for a while, and they're kind of uptight people. Like, they're, mm-hmm. they're relaxed in some ways. They're yeah. also super uptight about, mm-hmm. you know, and we're West Coast, man. <laughs> like, which is funny because it's, again, like, yeah. we're super chill about some things. Mm-hmm. And then the biggest stick up our ass about other things. Yeah, and, that... and it's so weird, you know. And, and definitely when it comes to music. Yeah. And again, COVID was a huge thing because True. you couldn't go out. And so businesses just shut down because they lost, you didn't have money to keep it going. So Where you, you it, lost man? out on mm-hmm. so many live music venues just gone. Yeah. You know, and that's just right. having to do with the economy, less so mm-hmm. the culture. Yeah. But the culture didn't demand it. True. Okay. Right. Flamenco music didn't die no. over the pandemic <laughs> right like it didn't die no. i bet you anything it probably grew it, it changed i think i think hmm there was a lot of articles that came out that were saying oh flamenco music is dying and this stuff but you know i think we're at a point in our history now where we can say don't trust the news all the time um i think it's a very uh or at least question it i don't read the news man don't. <laughs> I don't do it. I just, I, I My gave blood up pressure's high. I don't. Yeah, I gave up on <laughs> I'm it, dude. Kidding. I'm like, this doesn't help me in any, I don't, I don't care. I'm anxious. <laughs> this doesn't, this doesn't make me a better person reading right. this stuff. Like right. I'm out doing what I need to be doing. Yeah. You know, this shit it's doesn't very help me. interesting, eh? You know? But there were a lot of articles that came out during the pandemic that mm. said that flamenco music was going to die. And I think, I think it's good. I think it's like going well. It's not dying necessarily. I think the f- old form of the art is dying. Right. A um, little bit of a metamorphosis kind of We're thing. moving into this kind of 
I don't know what fusion there's a lot of fusion nowadays and there's a massive massive talk about where that comes from mm -hmm. uh, I think a lot of it came from drugs <laughs> yeah that's the truth there's a lot of people taking drugs nowadays and in these little places and so it's affecting a lot of the music whereas before it may have been d totally different I mean it was just a bottle of wine and a good time and but I mean, you can say the same thing about the '60s, right? True. You know, Hendrix when his style of music—that's I mean, true. he has his own style, and it's like, well, and it's so different at that period of time where it's you know psychedelics and free love and blah blah blah, yeah. right? You know, it's yeah. it's interesting how the the culture can affect the music, and then right. vice versa, how the music can also affect the culture. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I agree, I agree, and I think for that's a good point. It changes, things yeah. change, and for that music like flamenco i think there's a okay there's a beauty in the old right the carrying the the carriage and going somewhere with that music and singing it and there's a certain level of pain you know and i think the new stuff is more okay let's see how much how my voice can what can i do you know and it's different it's different it's and there's New, newly incorporated beats, maybe, or something. But I'm no, I'm no expert by any means, but that's just what I've noticed, I guess. And I think it's interesting to see the new also being beautiful in its own way, because there's a new generation of music coming out. And you're right, Jimi Hendrix was really good at pushing a new wave of music, I guess. Ew, that's a, he was so cool. He was cool. He was, <laughs> he was oh. a cool dude. Yeah, I think just his vibe was what made him who he is, and mm -hmm. and his his licks and how he list, heard music was so different. That's amazing. Him and uh, Prince. Oh my God. I love Prince. Prince. I thought Prince was such a terribly underrated guitar player because you yeah. know his music didn't yeah. really prince was good didn't really feature guitar mm -hmm. much i mean like no. i listen to a fair bit of prince and you wouldn't think this is guitar mm -hmm. heavy music it's more no. popish and it's but different. it's phenomenal i mean i love his music it's but when you phenomenal. hear him live and you watch videos and you watch him play you're like whoa yeah that little dude can <laughs> <laughs> right fella yeah. yeah true it's phenomenal true. right yeah. yeah that's very true i even remember mm -hmm. um yeah. A little bit sidetracked, but kind of relating back to what you were saying earlier. Um, mm -hmm. Really f interesting B.B. King quote. Uh, love B.B. King. I love oh him. Oh, my goodness. And yeah. um, he was saying, you know, it's hard to write the blues from the back of a limousine. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, so it just goes to show, like... I and, agree. And, I mean, and B.B. King was successful most of... His, well, I don't know. Maybe I should check the stats on this. But, yeah, mm -hmm. for the majority of his life, he was well-known and recognized right. and, and esteemed as a, as a guitar player. So mm -hmm. he certainly did okay <laughs> for yeah, a career. True. He did okay, right? <laughs> yeah, but it just goes good. to show, because, I mean, the purpose yeah. of that, what he's saying with that quote is the fact that, you know, you can't forget where you came from. That's all, that's all he's saying. I was going to say that, to add to that, I think there's a, there's a necessity to stay humble in... Yeah as a musician i think that's very important um remembering where you came from and knowing how it affected you why it brought you to listen and to play music 
those things are very important. And, you know, maybe you will have luxuries in life, but that's not everything. And you should. You should. Yeah. You, should. you deserve it. If Why not? If you're good at it, right? Yeah. You deserve it. And you're working hard and you're trying to make it. It's a difficult industry. And so I think there's, to some degree, it's, it's good to have luxury. But you have to always remember, like, okay, what was it that thrusted you into this area first? And that could be a tough could be a tough life, could be, I don't know, a, like descendants that were affected by, by politics or, you know, whatever. I mean, it, do, it doesn't matter where, like it does matter. It does matter where, where it comes from, but you have to find it and it has to keep you going. Mm-hmm. And so, well, yeah, I mean, I mean, I went to Nashville and I saw, well, what was it? Elvis Presley's car, oh my gosh, there was a TV and we're talking long time ago and you know all the things and i'm thinking yeah that's cool to have man it's cool to have but you always have to remember where you where you came from (laughs) and that's good well and the art form will suffer if you don't exactly it certainly will you know you can't start living that um not not necessarily living a phony life but buying Mm -hmm. into the delusion right you know especially as a practitioner where you know, and I think comedy, like stand-up comedy is a similar thing too, where you'll yeah. often see comedians who become very, very, very famous, yeah. and now all of a sudden they're not funny anymore. Right. And it's like, oh, I like their earlier stuff. And it's like, yeah, because they've kind of lost touch with the... The reality. The, yeah, and, and the, the humor that got them to where they are. And, mm-hmm. and other times you don't. Other times they get better, as it should be. That's so true. You know, yeah. and, and in sports, so true. you'll see that exact same thing. The yeah. the excellent player who signs the massive contract right. and now he's a bum. Yeah, and it's like because he's got all that money, and so right. But then there's other guys who mm-hmm. sign that big contract and yeah. they elevate. Right. Or they at least don't fall back. Yeah. In their skill and in their ability mm-hmm. to execute their their job, right? And, so, it's yeah. very interesting to see. And I would consider sports to be part of the arts as well. It is, I mean, it's yeah. a physical art, depending on, you know, the sport, of course. But I think there's a, a lot of a... commonality there. And certainly when it comes to music, mm-hmm. and we both uh, are fans of Joe Bonamassa. Yeah, oh my gosh. And he's an interesting cat because, I mean, okay, first of all, the, the level of activity. Like, this yeah. dude cranks out an album every three months. <laughs> it's ridiculous. This guy's crazy. I can't right? keep up. He's phenomenal, I can't right? keep up, yeah. And you see, and you know, and he even did, like, the Three Kings tour. Yeah, right. right? And recorded the so album cool. live at the Greek, where it was yeah. all about, you know, the, the three mm-hmm. formative kings, right? Yeah. Of, of blues, right. blues playing. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, and hearing his perspective on it, he's just some, like, nerdy kid from New York. And, But yeah. he, he has this Obsessive. way of... Obsessed. And, and I think as well, the art form, and let's just keep it to music, I, it, it demands that you mm-hmm. put your own unique twist on it. Yeah. I think it right. demands it because yes. you, you have to remain true to the essence of what it is, but right. you're an individual too and you have something to offer. Yes. So put your spin on it. You know, right. put you something where it. you can, yeah. you know, have a twist, something that makes it unique where mm-hmm. you can put your soul into this collective genre or you know style right whether it be flamenco or blues or rock Mm -hmm. whatever you know and and i think certain genres lend itself 
more mm -hmm. easily to do that. Yes. You know, I think it's right. a little harder to do with pop music because like yes. who gives a shit, <laughs> you know, and I think yeah, it's, uh, it's unfortunate, it's simple. you know, I think it's unfortunate too nowadays mm -hmm. where there's a real, um, a real lack of mm -hmm. musical appreciation, you know, mm -hmm. like I've never had, I've never had Spotify or Apple music. I buy CDs and vinyl and I convert yes. it into iTunes, yes. and then I download that into my whatever iPod. Yeah. iPod. I still have an iPod, dude. Beautiful. I still have an iPod Touch. Okay, you know, but Rustic. it's like you, you know why? It's just like I don't understand how. <laughs> like, think about how exciting yeah. it is. Think about how exciting it is to go to a store. Like, yeah. Go back thirty years, forty years. Yeah. To go to a store, get vinyl, mm -hmm. go home sit down, put it on your record player, and then listen to an album. Just sit there and listen to nothing music. Nothing else, nothing else. Think about how foreign that idea is today. Yeah, it's crazy. Right? We're so, we're so detached, I don't know, from that. You know? That's but, one of the greatest, I love that, you maybe, know? Maybe. You get a little wine going, you yeah. get a cigar going, you get something, right? And you got you know? this thing going, like, this it's vinyl. fantastic. You feel like you're a part of... When you can of, smoke indoors. <laughs> that, that, that's how you know you're successful, is when you can smoke indoors, huh? Especially if you can smoke a cigar indoors. Oh, oh, oh that's, that's hardcore, time. man. That's hardcore. Yeah, you, you're doing well. <laughs> you're doing well. Yeah. No neighbors complain. That's right. Yeah. But yeah, I know. You, but I agree. Like, maybe it's this... Okay. I think it's interesting that we went from this, like, organic... We could call it organic form of music, I guess, enjoyment, right? This, we have to go out, we have to get the music, we come home, we listen to it, it's an experience. Then either we listen to it again, we pass it to our friends because we like it and want to share it with the world. And that's how a lot of people probably got famous or known, word of mouth, right? Or radio, whatever. But I think there's, a certain level of beauty to that because Hell it's yeah. very organic and it's soulful. You're alone with the music or with your family, with your wife, wife and children or husband and children and, you know, listening to music and you're not, you're not distracted. Maybe it's not a consumer. So it's not a, it's not a product. Yeah. It's not like, okay, 60 seconds of music, 60, 60. And then, that's it. Oh, my, my brain is completely fried. Let me go to bed now. Mm -hmm. That is not a way to listen to music. Music is a body of work. It's a, it's a painting. Even a painting you have to look at for a certain number of hours before. Mm -hmm. And you might never really know what it means because, I mean, lots of that, lots of paintings like in Vatican, uh, Italy, you know people are still talking about and that's interesting it's same with music though i mean good music people still talk about it because there's meaning mm -hmm. and there's a level of soul and it's fun to try and figure out where the musician is coming from and why he's doing these things and that's to be what happens when you sit down with a record you're thinking about the music that you're listening to or and feeling it and feeling it Yes, it's bouncing off the walls. It's there with you. Whereas, yeah, I think we've kind of lost that. We're just mm -hmm. plugged in outside. 
Yeah, that's another whole nother thing. I know, I know. Yeah. Like we've talked about that off the air too. Like we get fired it's up crazy. about it, but yeah, and, and it's interesting we're, as well. We're like, detached. Yeah, yeah, and even with because um, I'm training for you know, yeah. some athletic stuff right now. Right. More details to come later, but yes, part of the part <laughs> of the training. So I I have multiple playlists mm-hmm. for yeah. different things. Right. So I have one playlist. I think I've talked about this before, but forgive me. I just kind of want to get your your take on it yeah. as a listener if you already know this, but. So I have like a, ah, it's like 15 to 20 songs. Yeah. So it's short. Cool. And they're all the most meaningful. Like they have, um, they make me feel calm or good. Good. Some type of calm or good. Yeah. You know, very wide range. That's whatever good. that, whatever you want to interpret that as. Yeah. Right? But mm-hmm. it's stuff that can, if I am in the most pain, yeah. physically, emotionally, psychologically, whatever, mm-hmm. what is something that I can latch on to that I can touch that will bring me within into myself that cuts through and yeah your... that can cut through the pain what can I latch on to to just keep me that's amazing you know in it yeah and so it's and it's very interesting and then the context will change too mm-hmm. so if I'm training yeah. in the gym that I have right we have uh, MMA mats so they're kind of spongy and they're fun to kind of jump up on and whatever, yeah, right? Yeah. But the sound bounces off the the mats really well, especially when it's loud, right? Because then you can amazing. feel the vibration. And yeah. so then, cool. well, if, okay, if I'm blowing up my upper body with, yeah. with workouts and, you know, the training that I'm doing, I can feel mm-hmm. the, the vibration in my feet and mm-hmm. it kind of it gives you something else to just take your attention away from the extreme discomfort that you're in. Cause yeah. it literally grounds you into the music, yeah. you know? So you're not thinking about anything else. You're yeah. just thinking and feeling this, this, this goodness, just this, this all world. around goodness, just mm-hmm. pulling you in. Right. That's so good. You know, but yeah. that's what music can do. Like, that's the uh, thing. It's like, it's not just a product. You know, no, and, and okay, no. context. Okay, are you gonna, yeah. are you going to enjoy music at right. its fullest capacity every mm-hmm. time you listen to it? No, of course not. We all Probably got stuff not. going on, <laughs> right? Yeah. But there's nothing like you. You gotta actually engage with it you as a, as an art form yeah. and as something that has like as mm-hmm. you said, it has soul. Yeah. Like there is soul within mm-hmm. it. There are right. people who have dedicated their lives yeah. to learning an instrument, to play it, to put their own unique spin on it, to produce it, to mm-hmm. record it, to distribute it. Yeah. And you just want to throw it away like a product. Right. You know how much time went into this stuff? Do you know yeah. how much effort mm-hmm. went into this, this beautiful, yeah. and whatever your favorite genre or bands, whatever it, it's, Regardless of that, it's just yeah, it's the same for everyone. Like every jar yeah. of music. Ultimately, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. It deserves its appreciation. Yeah, and I think that's that's a great that's a great point. Yeah, that's my rant for the day. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> I I approve. <laughs> <laughs> so we're doing okay on time. We're actually yeah. we're getting close to wrapping up, which is cool. Yeah. Um, I told you this is your first time on a podcast. I'm this like, oh, great. you'll be fine. You'll be good. <laughs> it's so fun. Love it. Um, yeah. You hinted to it. Mm-hmm. Tell us about Nashville. You got a cool Nashville story. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So we'll so, close off with no rush, but we'll we'll close off with this Nashville sure. stuff. Let's do it. Um, okay. Twenty nineteen, I went to uh, Chet Atkins Appreciation Society convention. Uh, basically, Chet Atkins was a musician producer in Nashville. Uh, 
and he helped while well, he was friends with Dolly Parton, Elvis, uh, all these like huge musicians, heavy hitters, heavy hitters in the industry. And um, he, to me, I didn't even know these things before I went to Nashville, but to me, he was just this guy that I had discovered through Tommy Emmanuel, an Australian guitarist that I love. I mean, very I love legit. him very much and I'm very inspired by him. So I listened to him a lot and uh, there's a lot of good music from Chet and there was this convention that's held every year in July uh, for him that he started uh, where he, it's a week of music where people celebrate the beauty of finger picking, uh, all this like uh, music that he played. Little chicken picking too. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness, man! It's so good, and they do this for like five days or something. It's like crazy. Maybe it's four, but um, and all these musicians like come from all around the world. Like Tommy Emmanuel goes every year. Um, there was Parker Hastings. He's a really good guy. Shane Hennessy from Ireland is really good. Um, Casper Esmond. He's from Denmark, I believe. Uh, there was some people that I met from Korea, Japan, who were there playing that discovered this music and were so moved by it. So again, like you mentioned, music is so big. It's an art that tra it's beyond language that all these people were mo moved by Chet's music and wanted to learn more and, and uh, share it. So uh, yeah, 2019, I go down, uh, Mark and uh, Pritchard, his name, Carol and Mark. They uh, helped me to go down as a musician and uh, it was very kind of them. I was able to pay a lesser rate to pay, stay in the hotel. As a student, that's really good. Um, and I played uh, a set in the, at their morning, morning time, like a, a song, just like my own music. and. After that, I played a, a nice little set in one of the rooms at the hotel, and they hold it at the Sheraton Music Hotel right in the center of Nashville. And yeah, all these people that had inspired me for my, literally my whole like child, high school years and into my university were there in the same room playing music. There's incredible people like Colin, oh, yeah. Oh, just beautiful. And so I was able to play some music there and listen and be a part of that living body of uh, good music. And that's kind of where I realized, you know, that, uh, you know, I love that country music and I, I love uh, finger picking and all this stuff that it's so good. And so it was a, it was a nice experience for me because I was able to actually spend time in this place and meet people who had been so inspirational for me. Oh, so many names that I could just spew out into the camera <laughs> because they were just, they've been so moving for me. And so, yeah, that was a really fun time. I had a great experience there and I was able to go to the Country Music Hall of Fame and see those great, you know, singers and songwriters that were part of the Nashville culture. Um, I went to 
uh, Chet Atkins Studio, which was very interesting. Uh, do you have you ever heard Elvis Presley's "Are You Lonesome Tonight"? Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> of course, <laughs> of course a I know be- that's a beautiful yeah, yeah. song, right? Chris Isaac. Uh, yeah. he's got a good. Uh, oh yes, he does. Good cover album You're of right? all that stuff. Yeah, Beyond oh, the Sun. So beautiful. But I went to the studio where he recorded that. And well, Sun Records, right? Yes, right. That's right. Yeah, or so, Sun Studios. I think Sun so. Records, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and it was beautiful. They close the lights and have you sit in this room and they play on the speakers that he would have heard back the music. And <laughs> I was saying, oh my so goodness. Cool. <laughs> yeah, and you're sitting there like, what the heck, man? Where am I? And it was funny because I, uh, I didn't pay for the tour, which was hilarious. I showed up at the studio and I was like, I think I could enter. So I'm like trying to open the door and a bus pulls up and there's this guy and he's like tour guide. And he's like, hey, man, what's your name? I'm like, oh, I'm Matthew Sloan. And he's like, cool. Uh, we're going in to check out the studio. He's like, are you, what are you doing? I said, I'm a big fan of Chet. I have been waiting so long to be see the studio. I just want to go in. He's like, no worries. Yeah, nice. <laughs> and he let me in and I ran around with these people who were there. And I was able to see where all, like Dolly Parton sat on the couch or whatever when she was trying like very young trying to make it and him like chet helping her or whatever and so there was a lot of history there that i could feel so yeah that was really cool and nashville's that's a center of music that's a beautiful place and so that was nashville that was a really good time and i think it kind of helped me to continue on from because i hadn't done really much with music since before then since i had gone to korea and 2016, 2017. So it was a good way to continue the, the, the journey. Yeah, that was really cool. Yes, sir. I know we didn't even get into Korea, but I mean, I, we had we covered a lot. We we did pretty well. We covered a lot of stuff. Good job, week. man. That so was, it's good. That was you great. You did great for your first podcast, man. <laughs> nice. There we go. Great. We got it. It's great to have you here. Thank you. And I really uh, appreciate it. A little treat for the listeners as well. You got your guitar here. Yes, sir. So we're going to end the recording on the podcast. And if you go to the YouTube page, Mm -hmm. uh, hopefully I have edited the uh, video podcast to be out. (laughs) If I haven't, (laughs) they're definitely, uh, we're going to let you just riff for, you know, 10, 15 minutes. Sounds good. So go check Matthew out. Thank Um, you so much, everyone. Thank you, Marcus. Hell yeah, man. This was great. This was a great time, man. (laughs) Should do it again. Yes, sir. Let's (laughs) do it. All right. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thank you.